Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome in to a winning edition of the Sox on Tap postgame show. It is Tony Marchese, joined by NWI Steve. We're talking about a White Sox winner. Final 4-2 over the Kansas City Royals. Boy, does it feel good to be back in the left-hand column, Steve. It's been far too long. How you doing tonight, my friend? Hey, yo, Anthony, I'm always doing better when the White Sox record that 27th out and they have more runs on the board than the opposition. So tonight was a good night. They they did. They did just that. And it is fantastic to be here talking about something legitimately other than a White Sox loss, because we've done that so often that it it's just it's sickening to me every time we get on here and have to talk about Makes a loss. Me fucking sick. Yeah, it does. It it absolutely does. And man, I just think we've, like I said, done that way too much. Tonight, a winning edition. We're happy. It was Lance Lynn Day. A lot to get to on this post-game show, Steve. As I said, final four too. But let me hear some of your initial thoughts on tonight's White Sox ball game. This was probably Lance Lynn's best outing of the year to be completely honest with you. I mean, he really was going out there effectively pounding the strikes and they showed the graphic as far as in his last, I want to say seven to eight starts, just his strikeout to walk ratio. So he's been doing a great job getting ahead of guys, not issuing free passes, getting the punch outs. And he was doing that again today. And I think once again, kind of a continuation of what we've seen maybe over the last month or so with him is the curveball utilization really increasing and the pitch mix kind of changing a little bit. He was so fastball heavy and fastball dependent last season and through the first couple of starts of this year. And it really was not overly effective here to start the 2022 season. So <clears throat> kind of appears like him and Ethan Katz went back to the drawing board a little bit, working in the curveball a lot more, and it has been pretty effective for him to this point. So, uh, really encouraging stuff that we've seen from Lance here, I would say, over the last four or five starts or so. Yeah, I mean, same kind of initial thoughts here, Steve. Uh, outside of the one thing that I think that you will get to, uh, home runs in the past few days. I, I've liked the home run thing that's going on here because we haven't seen enough of it. Uh, there was There was a home run or two hit in the last couple of days here. And that's hit, that's good. They've hit five in the last two games here. What? There's been five home runs, Steve? The 1% of baseball teams should not be the only ones hitting home runs. Well, there's more teams hitting home runs right now, and one of those teams is the Chicago White Sox. Loved it. Loved Lance Lynn shoving you. I know Johnny was absolutely pumping ZZ Top today because there's no other way that uh, Lance Lynn 
was this good tonight without the help of one Jonathan Nani just absolutely blasting ZZ Top in between every commercial break. I mean, has Jonathan turned off the ZZ Top at this point here? I, there's a good chance his neighbors, I mean, kids within within the local neighborhood are being woken up right now, knowing that they have to go to school tomorrow, and they're just hearing ZZ Top in their sleep. And you know what? Those are just called life lessons, and that's going to make them cool and tough. Will it will it absolutely will? Uh, let's get into this ball game, Steve. Uh, quiet little first uh, third of the ball game, really nothing doing for well, either team. We had one little thing in the bottom half of the first that we might need to talk about. There, we do actually. You're right. I'm saying from a scoring perspective, okay. there were a sc- there was a scoring opportunity for your Chicago White Sox. In the bottom of the first, it was kind of a classic White Sox thing. Steve, why don't you get to that? Just so, so White Sox for them to load the bases with less than two outs and come away with a nice, big, fat old goose egg. If nothing screams the 2022 White Sox, that would be it. It would. And I thought when I was watching all this go down, because when came through through the first inning, looking pretty damn good let's just say uh you know dropping some some lance lynn-esque uh you know f-bombs walking off the mound doing his thing then you go load the bases unable to score i was i was already sitting back i was relaxed i was strapped down when this was happening steve and uh i i was i was ready to see the white Sox offense score and then they didn't score and I was I was about to get a little mad. I don't know about you. So for the record, you weren't mad online. I wasn't mad online. I mean, I was probably mad just in text message to you. I was not I, mad visibly online. I, I was, was visibly really mad. I was visibly mad online. I was visibly mad online. I stayed away. You know, it might have been for the best, but I picked up the mantle for you because listen, when you got a man down. In situations like this, you know, you're out there TCB and, uh, you know, sometimes you just you got to pick up the slack for your teammates. And I felt like I did that. So I dialed up the mad online meter on your behalf this evening, particularly yeah. after that first inning. You did. It, you would almost say that it's unfriggin believable that they were unable to score a run there. I mean, that's I mean, but the thing is, with this, with this team, it is pretty believable this year, sadly. Yeah, it is. And we'll we'll get more Hawk Harrelson. He's he's joined the soundboard here at, at Socks on Tap. And I felt like that was the perfect way to introduce our listeners to one Hawk Harrelson soundboard that we have put together. Uh, Steve, we get to the fourth inning and the Royals were able to strike first on the White Sox. And after that first inning, you're kind of just a little upset. And then uh, there it goes. I mean, one run gets across the board for the Royals. Let's talk about it. Well, Bobby Witt Jr. just kind of showing why he is going to be a tremendous problem for the next five years that he is in a Kansas City Royals uniform for five years at least, I should say. Um, it wasn't necessarily a terrible pitch by Lancelin. It was a fastball on the inner third of the plate. Um, obviously I think he wanted to get it in under his hands a little bit more, but wit being the player that he is, and he's really, I think, turning a corner here in the second half of the season. Um, just 
brought brought his hands in, turned and burned on that thing. And I mean, he smoked that thing about 425 feet to dead center or, or you know, a little bit left center there. He's going to be a real problem um, yes. for, for this White Sox team here in coming years. So they're going to have to do their best to neutralize him um, because you can already see this guy has superstar written all over him and it's, it's not going to be enjoyable to have to watch, but fortunately it's only going to be 14 times a year going forward now, instead of the 19 that we get this year. That is very true. Now I'm a little bit worried about uh, the other teams that we're going to have to face in the, uh, in, in those games that we're going to have to make up for it, but seeing less Bobby Witt Jr. is, is going to be fantastic. Now, he is on the Royals. We'll see what happens long-term with this guy, but uh, I, I he's got Sox killer kind of written all over him, Steve. Uh, and not only just a Sox killer, I think he's got some tremendous talent that is going to carry him through a, a very, very nice career in the major leagues. But I'm not here to talk about Bobby Wood Jr. all night. I'm here to talk about White Sox victories, and the Sox were able to get back on the board in the fourth inning and strike back, really, Strike back and tie this ball game up, Steve. Let's talk about that. AJ Pollock leaving the ball yard, hitting hitting the ball over that fencing that they set up prior to the game today. Um, taking a Chris Bubich fastball outer third of the plate, going with the pitch. Little oppo taco action. So that's definitely something you want to see. We've all season been just clamoring for this team to hit more long balls. Naturally, you know, I tweeted about this last night they lose the game that they actually hit three homers <laughs> but uh then aj pollock was able to go in the fourth inning kind of second time through the lineup get the long ball activated again find the launch codes get that thing tied up so it's uh good good to see you know pollock has done a very nice job overall this season against left-handed pitching so nice continuation of that yes absolutely and you know what's better than one home run steve the multi-home run strategy? Are you referring to the multi-home run strategy, Anthony? I might just be referring to the multi-home run strategy, Steve. Let's talk about the fifth. Yeah, so in, in that inning, um, had a botched hit-and-run effort after uh, Romy Gonzalez reached base and tried to get very creative and innovative with his uh, slide going in, into second base there. And then promptly, Elvis Andrus proceeded to just hit an absolute tank to the left center field bleachers. Um, you know, it's an absolute moonshot when he, he stood there and he admired it. He, he enjoyed his work quite a bit with that long ball right there. And um, that was, that was really nice to see. Cause it was, it was a no doubter. I feel like a lot of times this season, this team has had wall scrapers, but that one left nothing to the imagination. And you like to see that. According to our guy voodoo in the comments, Elvis Andrews is now tied for fifth on the team in home runs. I'm not sure if that's just in his time here. I would assume it's just it can't. I mean, it can't because that was his first in, yeah, that was in his, a White Sox uniform. What I was going to say, I was like, are, do, do we really not have guys uh, <laughs> with more than one home run in a White Sox uniform mm. at this point? And you know what? For the type of year we've had, that might not be too far-fetched to say, Steve. Got that Medikino magic, baby. Exactly. So – uh, now tied for fifth this season. Uh, yeah, overall, he's tied with uh, A.J. Pollock here at nine this year. Uh, you were right, man. This was not just a wall scraper. This thing was when the outfielders aren't even moving. 
you know it's gone. And I love to see that because it just makes the home run that much more cool and tough. When that ball left his bat, he admired his work. Everybody admired his work. And the fireworks rang loud at 35th and Shields. And that's what we like to see, Steve. We like to see Jerry's money up in oh, smoke. do we? And that's just the most fantastic thing. Elvis Andrews gives the White Sox the lead. We'll fast forward a little bit. Sox are able to add on some insurance runs in the seventh inning, Steve, and really played a clean ball game. Uh, one of the cleaner ball games we'll probably talk about all season. Hopefully, more to come. But up until this point, pretty clean ball game. Took care of business. Able to add on two more in the seventh. I'll give you the floor here to talk about the White Sox offense adding on some much needed insurance runs. You know, it, for too much of this season, we've just seen this team's offense go dormant when they get a lead of any nature. So, in a position where you're in a two to one ball game, obviously one pitch can tie the game up, or you know, two pitches can totally turn the tide completely. So, for this team to go tack on a couple of extra runs in that seventh inning, get themselves a four to one lead, give themselves a nice cushion, and ultimately allow them to utilize bullpen A squad to shut down a ball game. That's the formula for success with this team here. So, you know, you score more than two, three runs in a game, you got to feel good about your chances. A lot of just kind of dink and dunk, more of the singles factory there in the seventh inning to, to plate those runs. But at this juncture here, they got to do whatever they can to win ball games. So you get those two runs in that spot, give yourself a nice three-run cushion, you know, lock it down after that, and they were able to do that. Hey, runners crossing home plate is what wins you ball games, man. And we we need more of it. We need more of it. The math so, seems to check out. Yeah, it does. And, you know, Steve, they got more runs across the plate than the Kansas City Royals did tonight. And I know this might sound a little cliche, but that's how you win a baseball game. Hashtag confirmed, my I, friend. I figured it would be. Now, a little bit of drama in the ninth inning. William Hendricks enters the ball game. Got a nice little three-run lead. Michael Taylor takes one down the line. My boy has a little trouble reading the wall. He winds up with a triple. Gets driven in by the next batter. 4-2, William Hendricks. Why does it always have to be a production? You know, I think one of the aspects that Stephen Stone talks about frequently with closers is that they will rust away before they will wear away. And obviously we have not seen Liam Hendricks very much over the course of the past week. Um, obviously we had the incident in Baltimore last Thursday, uh, courtesy of Adam Engel as well. But, you know, that I he didn't pitch at all against Arizona, did he? I'm trying to like I'm going back and thinking. I don't feel I like don't feel like I've seen a lot of Liam Hendricks in the yeah. second half of this season. So, you know, you're talking about a scenario where you're looking at six days since he last threw in a game. A lot of times when that happens, closers just don't have crisp command. Of, His last appearance stuff. was August twenty-fifth. Okay. Yeah. Against so that, Baltimore. Yeah. He also pitched on the twenty-fourth against Baltimore. Right. Um, so you know, so, yeah, some back-to-back -back day days there, but then you get that nice little, yeah, six-day layoff. There's 
some cause for concern with that, but look at the record. Yeah. So ultimately it's, it wasn't that surprising if we're being totally honest with ourselves. Um, And we've seen that from Liam this year is when he does have these extended layoffs, he comes in and he is just not sharp. And that was kind of the case again tonight here was able to battle through it, get out 25, six and seven without giving up three runs ultimately along the white Sox to put one in the left-hand column. That's all that mattered in the end. It is. And that's tonight's title of the show back in the left-hand column. Sox are able to get the job done. Steve, uh, we did have a Kendall Graveman appearance within this ball game. He goes scoreless, does strike out one. Uh, so there was a little bridge work over to our guy, Liam Hendricks, who was able to shut the, shut the door on the ball game. I know I was a little bit upset maybe that uh, we gave up that run, but again, left-hand column is what it is. And that's why you get those insurance runs back over in the seventh inning. And they're so damn important because you don't get those could be talking about a tie ball game going to extras doing that whole nonsense again and we could be back on broken record street here tonight just glad the white Sox were able to do everything that they could to win this game obviously still some things that need to be worked out but overall i think after the first inning the offense didn't really give you a lot more of those moments where you're sitting there going uh you could have you could have scraped one across here or missed opportunities I'm glad they got that out of their system early tonight and were able to tack on enough to win a ball game. I think that's kind of my, my takeaway from this one. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a big takeaway from it here. Um, I'm always going to be a proponent of adding on additional runs when you have an opportunity to do so. And when you have an opportunity to potentially bury a team within the course of a baseball game, you need to take advantage and you need to do it. Uh, one other thing that I feel like we need to discuss here to right now that we haven't talked about to this point is the return of Yasmani Grandal. I was just the I was lineup. just about to get to this, Steve, and I think that that's an excellent transition. Uh, Yasmani Grandal back up from his rehab stint, um, and I just want to give some quick words here, and I'll, I'll turn it back over to you because this is a guy that prior to his injury uh, was basically unwatchable when it came to playing baseball, and – I think at the time that he went down, a lot of people, myself included, thought that that injury was going to be far worse than it turned out to be. Um, I thought you could have potentially seen the last of Yasmani Grandal in a White Sox uniform. To see him back up this quickly is a testament to you know uh, just not only how hard Yasmani Grandal's working, but also. Uh, you know, the actual medical doctors who were able to diagnose this rather than myself, because I thought he was going to have to have his leg amputated personally, just looking at it. Look, we did after, the po- we did the post game show did. that night and we both were basically of the mindset that it's probably a torn ACL and, you know, the good chance there's a good chance we'll never see Yasmani Grandal in a White Sox uniform again. It's a good thing that, you know, we're not. um orthopedic surgeons you know we've got our good buddy dr naram shah at parkview orthopedics to be able to you know help make those accurate medical assessments not yes. us <laughs> yeah it's it's a real good thing this is definitely uh, a reason why uh, i did not pursue a career in the medical field uh my diagnosis was completely wrong on this one so uh 
you know, him back in the lineup today, Steve, I had a lot of questions. How is Yasmani Grandal going to do? And also the fact that he was behind the plate. I thought he was going to come back and do some DHing. Obviously, Eloy Jimenez also has had some issues uh, injury-wise and wound up in the DH spot. And if you want to get Yaz's bat in there, it's got to be behind the plate. I thought he called a really excellent game for Lynn today. Uh, and also at the plate, he does end up scoring a run. He gets a hit and drives in a run. Uh, just what a great return for Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, it, it, it was nice to see. Um, like you, I was also surprised to see him um, behind the plate tonight versus in the DH slot. But as you mentioned there, it's going to be interesting to see how Miguel Cairo kind of juggles some of the lineup permutations here at this point going forward, because it seems like Eloy still isn't ready to go back out there in left field. And, you know, despite the at-bats from tonight, I just, I'm not comfortable with this team giving Yasmani Grandal DH at-bats at the expense potentially of Gavin Sheets right now. Um, that's just not really going to work for me or even Andrew Vaughn, you know, between those two guys right there, um, they've been producing this season, whereas Yasmani Grandal hasn't. So this is where it really will get tricky. Um, as long as Eloy is unable yes to can, play yes left can field. solve this by himself though. You need Yasmani Grandal to hit hit. I mean, that's, dingers. That, yes. Dingers. Yes. Dingers, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to leg out a lot of doubles, but you want to see gap power. You want to see power out of Yasmani Grandal's bat. Obviously, Eloy's dealing with some stuff, Steve. I look at it this way. Get on the Eloy plan. You don't have to run hard when you hit it over the fence. So fucking hit it over the fence. That's what Yasmani Grandal needs to do. And then you know, That's a good plan, Anthony. Then, I like that. Then we can figure out the lineup from there. But every time you're in the lineup, just hit it over the fence and you can rest those legs. The White Sox training staff should start telling them and maybe Frank Manichino, tell them to hit it over the fucking fence and then they won't have to run as hard. That's my plan. You know what? That's not a bad strategy because we have seen that uh, many of these players have been given directives not to run hard out of the box. And the best way to do that is to hit tape measure home runs like Elvis Andrus did this evening. It's a different strategy. You know, it's not the one where the they haven't tried it. You know, they they haven't tried it this year. Far home runs. That's what we want. We don't even want home runs anymore. Let's get fucking greedy. We want home runs 15 rows deep so that these guys don't have to run as hard. That will save their legs. That's a great plan. We're putting our heads together on this show, Steve. We're making some things happen. We're solving problems. That's what that's what we do here at Sox on Tap. We're solution oriented. Mm-hmm. So you know, know they haven't figured this one out. They haven't tried this strategy to this point in in the season. Almost 130 games in. You know, why don't we just give this thing a go here for the month of September and see if it works? Because you know what, if it doesn't, then you can just go back to not doing it in the month of October. Yeah, what are we saying? Sure. You know, I don't know. Let's give it a shot. Tape measure home runs. I want them on the fan deck. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would like that. I would also like. You know, yesterday was the. 25th anniversary or was it the 25th yeah i think it was the 25th anniversary of uh joe borchard and the famous 
tape measure concourse shot, the longest home run in the history of the ballpark there at the corner of 35th and Shields. Would that thing have hit the goose? I think it would have been over the goose personally. Okay. We'll have to go back. We as, need somebody. We need as some, the immortal Hawk Harrelson would say, that, one out. that ball was kilt. It was. It absolutely was. We had Hawk join us on the show just a little bit ago. If you missed it, we'll we'll try and get another Hawk sound clip in here uh, at some point. But, Steve, I think that's a good strategy for Yasmani Grandal. Just me personally, if I'm Yaz and I want to run hard, I'm hitting the ball over the fence because Eloy's been trying to do that. I mean, it just, it just makes sense. The only way that I'm giving Yasmani Grandal some DH at-bats is if he earns his spot as a designated hitter. You have to be hitting the ball in order to become a designated hitter. Now, some people may say that you don't have to hit the ball in order to be a designated hitter. You could just become one because your manager puts you in the lineup as one. But I really think that designated hitters should hit the ball. That's just me. That's how I look at baseball. You know, the title of the position itself, designated hitter, would lend itself to guys that actually I don't know. Hit? Yes. So I'm just saying there are prerequisites for the job. There are prerequisites for the job. As of right now, I don't think we're giving that to Yasmani Grandal. But there's still time for him to change that, get hot, make it happen, and then we can go there. But I wanted to ask you a realistic question, Steve. In in, in the grand scheme of things, you know he's not going to be behind the plate every day. So what do you think the workload for Yasmani Grandal is going to be over the next week and a half here? These are very important ball games. How many games is he going to catch? Are you going to see a lot of Sebi Zavala? What are, you, what are we going to get here? What's your I, would an, I obviously would anticipate Sebi Zavala being behind the plate tomorrow, day game after a night game. Um, and I think the idea of Yaz going back-to-back games in the lineup right out of the shoot coming off of the IL is probably pretty slim. Um, I would think then that would lend itself to him being uh, back behind the dish Friday when the Minnesota Twins come back into town. So I, I almost feel like it's going to be in every other game kind of scenario right now. Um, which Three, four days a week. Is that yeah. kind of where you're going to? Yeah. I mean, depending on off days. But say you've got a full six games, you think you get him three to four? Or you think he's more of a two, three? I would – I would say it's probably going to be about three would be my guess. Kind of right, right in the middle there. Um, Unless he gets hot, if he can, you know, do what we were just talking about, hit the ball over that fencing, then, you know, they're in a position where they don't have time to dick around anymore. So if you get a hot about guys who are due guys, money Grandal is due. In fact, he's overdue on his home run quota for the year, Steve, I think it would be advantageous of him to listen to our, our plan. Hashtag facts only. I would have to agree that it is facts only. Steve, we're getting close to the end of the show. What's on tap for our Chicago White Sox? John Cueto looking to rebound off of his worst outing in a White Sox uniform last Friday against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So you know that uh, he's going to go out there and he's just going to keep fucking competing. Because that's what John Cueto does. And I expect him to go out there, fill the strike zone, and get back in that left-hand column, have a solid outing. Because you know he's 
not happy with what happened uh, the last time he took the mound out there, and he's going to want to go up there and get a little bit of redemption. So no better way to do that than against a Kansas City Royals team. And, hey, go win a series. Let's go. I love it. I love it. I think that John Cueto, Johnny Cueto, is going to ride in on a horse and get this team two wins in this series, Steve. I, I absolutely believe it wholeheartedly that uh, he did not like the results of his last start. And he's just been phenomenal all year. There's no reason not to believe that he's going to come out there and be a gamer and be the Johnny Cueto that we've grown to expect uh, on Johnny Cueto Day. So I don't know about you, man, but I'm ready to make some picks to click for tomorrow night's ballgame. Yeah, so from a pick-to-click standpoint, I think you know the calendar has now turned. The month of August is over. And maybe just maybe MVP Toe is a little pissed off that we didn't get a whole lot of Augusting from August Abreu. So I think tomorrow he's going to look to hashtag set the tone during the month of September, and he's going to leave the ball yard. Steve. You bring up set the tone, and I I really want a White Sox hashtag set the tone September. That's what I want to finish out this year. Uh, You know, I'm going to go with uh, our guy, Eloy Jimenez. Voodoo is in the comments, is also picking Eloy Jimenez. He's been on just an absolute tear uh, since the All-Star break. Um, Just been doing a lot of good stuff. We talked about him. A He's been bit what earlier. we expected him to be. Yes. Maybe a, a, a little bit lesser of a version of Eloy Jimenez because of the injuries and you want to see him in the lineup more. But I feel like I haven't picked Eloy a lot during this season because I've been a little mad at Eloy. I've wanted more. And finally, the data's coming back and saying, you're getting that Eloy Jimenez, basically like you just said, the one that you expected. So I want to show some love. I'm going to go with Eloy Jimenez. I like it. I like it. And uh, that brings us to the to this, the prediction here, Steve. Prediction time. Sox getting the win tomorrow. I think the Sox are going to win this baseball game tomorrow, five to two. Five get to a series two. win. Five to two. Get the series win. This is this is positive, Steve. Positive, Steve. You know, you see what a nice, clean, crisp ball game can do to my overall Positive Peradzinski. You know, I mean. You get sad, Steve, and positive Peradzinski. You know, know, that's what we get here. What I want to see happen is I want to see them win tomorrow, win on Friday, so that you're on a three-game winning streak when we're back at the ballpark for halfway to Pulaski Day. Halfway to St. Patrick's Day. I will halfway to Pulaski you. Day, the real ethnic holiday during the month I, of March. I will, I will correct you. It is halfway to St. Patrick's it's half, Day. It's halfway to Pulaski Day. He's going to keep, he's gonna keep doing that. We'll, we'll because because that without out. because here's the thing. Without Casimir Pulaski, you little leprechauns wouldn't have your little fake holiday. You keep you keep just, you know, getting so angry over the uh, the the Irish celebration. Your fake news, voodoo. Your fake Irish, news. Irish celebration. Yeah, there's just there's so much going on here. I I don't need to start naming new positions in the company. Um, but Steve, we're going to be back at the ballpark, all of us, the on tap people, uh, on uh, on Saturday. It should be real fun. Uh, we're going to be 
doing some of that uh, that sweet life, I believe, on Saturday night. So Would you uh, go as far, Anthony, to say it's going to be just too sweet? Yes, it will. It will be just too sweet, Steve. We are going to have a blast on Saturday night. We're celebrating just a, an epic milestone for ONTAP Sportsnet and uh, another successful year of, of White Sox coverage on the show. Uh, we're going to have everybody there, pretty much everybody from, from the ONTAP uh, crew, as many as we can hold in the uh, in the boxes up at 35th and Shield, Steve. And we're going we're gonna to burn it down a little bit. We're going to burn it down a little bit. Couple two tree pops. Couple you know. two tree pops. We'll be cracking them yeah. up there. So look for us. There will be no show on Saturday night, oh, uh, but there will be plenty of content coming from uh, the Sox on Tap Twitter account. It'll be a good time. We'll figure. Uh, you know, Southside Ron's going to be there, so it should be a good time. Oh, you you know it's going to be a party when Southside Ron makes an appearance. Yeah, Southside Ron will be there. Every, everybody will be there. Everybody will be there. It's, it's going to be fun. Let's go. Hopefully. Hopefully, we get to be drinking victory beers after that game. Steve, that's about all I have for today. Do you have any final thoughts before we close this winning edition of the Sox on Tap postgame showdown? I liked what I saw tonight. I'd like to see more of that. Feel free to go ahead and get on a fucking roll, boys, and keep my mood positive. It's a much different Steve. Uh, that I've gotten here tonight with me uh, as my co-host. He's not so sad, and that's nice. I need more of this. need more of this. It's, it's much less stressful in my life uh, listening to a positive, positive version of, of Steven here. Uh, final thoughts from me. Uh, best wishes and, and get well soon. Tony La Russa, uh, obviously away from the team. Uh, we don't have a lot of information on that. Uh, we will update you uh, when we uh, when we get something on that uh, tomorrow. Join us on the new ontapsportsnet.com. You know we announced a partnership with Sports Illustrated just a couple of weeks ago. Tomorrow's the big day. We will be on a new platform, new website, new place to find us. Same URL, different experience. Should be fun. Uh, we've uh, got just about. 12 hours before the new website on tap sportsnet is live. Can't wait to get there. It's going to be fun, Steve. Uh, I'm excited for the next chapter in, in on tap sportsnet history, new place to write, new place to find our blogs. Just uh, an absolutely uh, great job was done uh, by those over at the arena group, setting us up with this new uh, improved on tap sportsnet. Uh, so I invite everybody to come check in, I'm sure Steve's going to have plenty of White Sox thoughts over there. I will as well. Maybe you'll get a wrestling article or two out of our guy, NWI Steve. Maybe I'll even talk about how Justin Fields stinks and how, never, Josh Field, and how Josh Fields will always be the best quarterback named Fields to ever grace the city of Chicago. You never know what you're going to find on ONTAP Sports. And I, that's where you can find all of our articles. But be sure you're following us on YouTube as well. ONTAP Sportsnet, Facebook as well. Is as well there too. I mean, and, and and you can even find us on the twitter.com at ontap sportsnet. I think we've got a TikTok. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, we do. We've got a TikTok. We've got all the social media platforms. Look for us at ontap sportsnet. Follow the show at socks on tap. Steve at nwi underscore Steve. Myself at Tony on tap. Steve, it's fun to talk about wins. It's fun to do this. 
all the time. Makes it better when uh, when we're talking about White Sox winners, though, because as our guy Johnny would say, victory beers taste better than misery beers. That's all I've got for tonight. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.